Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Failed Awards Contender here on the Waffle Press Podcast Retrospective. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. With me today is my co-host, Matt Garingo. Hello, that is me. Apologies for the echo you might be hearing on my recording. (laughs) And also the wind behind me, because for some reason, Los Angeles decided to get very windy these last couple weeks. Yeah, what's that about? I have no fucking idea. What's what's that about? This fucking planet. (laughs) We we fucked it. Yeah, fuck this planet. Let's teach this fucking planet a lesson. Uh, No. Burn fossil fuels. No, no. Uh. Anyways, we're here to talk about Release God's Kingdom of Heaven. I don't have a lead-in to this one, but uh, um, I, I, there's... I'm sure there's a clip of Ridley Scott being belligerent out there that you could just cut to. <laughs> uh, there's a not-great interview he did for... Uh, not Gods of Egypt, what the fuck? The other one, the other, Exodus. <laughs> Exodus, yeah. Gods of Egypt was the other white Egypt. Yeah, we did um, two in the same year. Yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty rough stuff. No, he said he said possibly the dumbest thing he's ever said. Yeah, that was pretty bad. And, and um, he and this is a guy who said that the aliens from Prometheus visited Earth, and one of them was Jesus Christ. Yeah, because well, that's not offensive. He he said he said dumb. very offensive stuff on on the lead up to that one movie. Unfortunately, yeah, uh, yeah really, Scott doesn't have the best track record with comments out there. No, but the, then every once in a while, because like he he punches so wildly that every yeah. once in a while he'll just he'll say something that's so fucking like dude rock, you know? Yeah, that it's kind of awesome. But he's also like fucking eight hundred years old, so yeah. <laughs> like the the mere fact that sometimes like he'll get asked questions like, "Oh, did you think it was like subversive to cast this this person in this role?" And he was like, "Oh, this, I thought they were fucking good. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. I had good intuition." And it's like, "All right, that's that's." probably the right attitude to have so you can have it sometimes you just can't have it all the time because he's an old white guy the fear is that really scott some point between now and his his death is going to say the word cancel culture mm. that's the fear it's kind of nuts though that this he's fucking 84 and still swinging like, i know fucking just wilding out with his goddamn movie it was less than five years ago now that Ridley Scott said he was too dangerous for Star Wars. Because yeah. They, yeah, I, I guess they just don't want him for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Disney had no comment on Wait. that. <laughs> was, is, the, is it saying, I'm too dangerous for Star Wars, quote, Ridley Scott unprompted? Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically. Like, so, someone had just asked him about Star Wars, because everyone always asks directors their thoughts on franchise stuff now. Stop doing that, by the way. Yeah. Um, but everyone does that. Is and, there a real, yeah. is there a franchise that Ridley Scott would even fit in? Like, he doesn't even fit an alien anymore. <laughs> no, no, he's got to do one more. He's got to do no, one he, more. He never will. Thank Christ. No, it's it's uh, a but unfor- unfortunately, there will be another alien project, and that's heartbreaking. Yeah. So, uh, um, which is the last thing I really want. <laughs> yeah, uh, I just don't want the one that's coming up next, and that's probably all we'll talk about there. But okay, yeah. so let, let's take a step back before we talk about Kingdom of Heaven. Uh, failed award contenders are our criteria is it was teed up to get awards and sometimes you just know it when you see it 
mm-hmm. our criteria is shrinking every recording. <laughs> but, um, okay, we did Imitation Game. Uh, we recorded Book of Henry before this. That's a pretty cynical episode. So I'm going to release it after this because I think this is going to be a more positive episode. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. How do you know? Maybe I have some fucking hot take on fucking Kingdom of Heaven that you weren't expecting. I mean, that's entirely possible, I, I, but I, I feel I'm, like the conversations will be more lighthearted. I famously called Ridley Scott a doddering old fool. <laughs> that That is true. So let, let's say... <laughs> on an episode that we weren't even talking about Ridley Scott. <laughs> so. <laughs> Sorry. I just I laughed so hard. I just saw my my, my audio levels like just flatline. <laughs> oh. um, um, okay, Ridley Scott. The last time we talked about him was for Alien Covenant, your favorite yeah. film of uh, 2017. A, a really bad movie. It's, it's so a good. A movie that the, the stink just like wouldn't leave for like weeks. It is. It's like was almost enough to get me to stop going to movies for the rest of that year. That's not true. And it was, I don't know, it was May 2017. I don't remember what else came out that year. Guardians um, of the Galaxy 2. Okay, that was probably the next movie I saw then. Yeah, so. that's a really good movie. Uh, yeah, better than Alien Covenant. It, um, yes. Um, <laughs> yes, it is. I'm but, just, you know what, like, I, I want to say, just to defend my fucking takes on Prometheus and fucking Alien Covenant, it's not even like... It's not that, like, they ruined Alien or anything like that. I just, after doing the Alien retrospective, like, I was just sick. I am just sick of the Alien franchise in general. Like, it it, it can't do anything exciting for me at this point. And, yeah, like, like if I never watch those movies again for the rest of my life, I'll be good. Mm. And, so, yeah, th- you know, those movies broke you. They kind of <laughs> did. They... They unfortunately did. And, like, it's not, again, it's not like the Prometheus or Covenant of it all, where it's like, we're going to go back to the past. Although, I think, I really think Covenant ends on, like, way too bleak a fucking note, even for the Alien franchise. Like, that legit the, might be my favorite part of the movie. That's, like, the bleakest ending in a Hollywood movie in a long fucking time. And it's bleaker than the ending to The Counselor. Like,. Which is wild, <laughs> and I, it's like that. Like it, that, it, it, that does cross a line for me, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you're if you're cool with it, fine. Enjoy being a sick individual. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I don't need to see the xenomorph ever again. All right. And, um, however, fact, I don't need. I don't need to see people going to space and finding an alien organism ever again. Like, I'm just, like, I'm not even done with the alien franchise. I'm just done with the alien structure in general. Okay, but okay, okay. Let's, let's, let's so let's move forward a little and bit. And furthermore, no. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, however, you were the first person uh, to tell me that The Last Duel was very good because I did not watch that opening weekend. Did I say The Last Duel was good? You did. Well, I, I thought I said, I can't believe you haven't seen The Last Duel. Well, you said that, too. Cause I, I came out of The yet. Last Duel with, like, very mixed opinions. Oh, okay. Um, where, like, I really loved some of it and then was really up in the air. Like, I didn't hate anything, really, but I was really up in the air about uh, that movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I've ultimately fall, fallen on the positive side. I would have to rewatch it, though. Like, I have not 
rewatched it. It's you know, it's I did not also I was just I would I went in not knowing it was Ridley Scott's Rashomon, you know? Yeah, yeah. Which was or, really Or uh as uh my buddy Brandon Streising from uh Actually, he writes a lot of places. Go go follow him on Twitter. He's a really good writer. Um, he called it Dirtbag Rashomon. Kind of, yeah. It's kind of exactly what it is. <laughs> well, it's also Rashomon where everyone mostly agrees. Like, yeah, which is yeah. Kind of, which is fascinating. Yeah, because it's like, I mean, people called it like the, the, the Me Too, like Ridley Scott's Me Too movie. Yeah. And he, that w- like, <laughs> I, I kind of like agree with that. And I, I just remember seeing an interview where someone was saying like, you know, like, one of my, some of my friends uh, had different interpretations where, like, maybe someone was lying. And Ridley Scott was like, are you fucking joking? Like, <laughs> no, it's very clear that, like, a rape occurred. Like, Ridley Scott was, like, not holding punches, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, when they were doing the fucking setup where it's, like, the truth according to fucking Adam Driver, the truth according to Matt Damon, when it got to her, Jodie Comer, and it went the truth according to that, when it faded out, the truth stayed on the screen longer. Mm-hmm. And I almost laughed in the theater. Really? And I'm like, and I'm like, I can't laugh because this movie had a fucking horrible rape scene in it. Yeah. And then like, you thought that was horrible. I'm gonna show it fucking again, motherfucker. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ. And so like, that's the stuff where it's like, I even now like, I can't go like, hey, go see the last duel, people. <laughs> like, I don't know how I feel about that ultimately, but mm-hmm. it's a very well made film. I can't really deny that. Yeah, I and that, um, and I, I was actually fucking, kind of gunning for for Ridley Scott to get another Best Director nom. Didn't happen. Mm. Yeah, uh, I guess that's the thing to bring it back is that now the Last Duel is a failed awards contender. Yeah, maybe, maybe um, we'll talk about that someday. Um, which uh, is a shame because like it, the performance, some of the performances at least, I think in that one. Although everyone was down on Ben Affleck, I thought Ben Affleck was fucking great. Yeah, someone compared in, him to like early. Uh, 2000s Ben Affleck but if he was like like intentionally like yeah. like uh, playing him up like his his frat boy status as a ruler and I was like mm-hmm. yeah that's like a, a smart decision like don't it doesn't it's not a film that respects like authority I guess yeah. it understands th- these things are very flawed and, and gross and, and it's, 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 it's I think it's a very good film and it's, it's just kind of hard disgusting. to watch yeah. and it's very much and like I said it's his me it, it pretty much is his me too movie it's a historical epic reflective of the era it was made and that is entirely what Kingdom of Heaven is okay I was gonna talk about House of Gucci but let's just get into it Uh, no give me your House of Gucci take I have yet to see it (laughs) Uh, I I think it's really good and it's a lot of fun I prefer The Last Duel it was a little shocking that House of Gucci seemed to be sweeping up more nominations that might be what fucked The Last Duel is that House of Gucci kind of got the awards traction and then neither of them really got anything yeah like I I like Lady Gaga she's gotten the criticism for her role in that everyone's like camping it up like it's very much like like in a perfect world Paul Verhoeven did that wait a minute are you telling me fucking Al Pacino camped it up? Yeah. I find that hard to believe. <laughs> I I am shocked by what you are saying. <laughs> Certifiably shocked. <laughs> but it's 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 a it's a really well made movie too. I think Jodie Comer like yeah, the snub of the year. I thought yeah, she was she, really like outstanding in the. She last should movie. be the next big actress. Like she's on that show, right? Uh, Killing Eve. Yeah, which is a uh, which is apparently one of those shows like Sherlock, where it's like, oh wow, it's a fresh, exciting new voice, and then the voice like 
dissipates, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, I never really got into it, but, like, I know people that really like it. Yeah. And but she, she's, she's really great. She's really she's good. She's good on it. But yeah. as no one talked about how fucking ominous the title of that show is, though. Killing Eve? Yeah. Well, it sounds like a, like a pulp thriller novel. Yeah, but, like, that's the girl, that's the one, that's what's-her-name's name. That's Sandra O's oh name. Yeah. So is she gonna fucking die at the end? Like, that's my big hang-up right now. Like, I'm I, not I don't, in that show. If, if it's I don't called. know. If it's, like, the, I thought it was just, like, the premise. Like, because I know it becomes, kind of comes, like, a, like, some weird, like, subtextual romance thing between yeah. her and Jodie Comer, but it's never gonna be, and like, And you bet satisfied. your ass it's gonna stay textual. Yeah, because <laughs> the, the BBC hates, like, people that aren't straight. Yeah, especially right now. Yeah. The fuck is in the water over there? <laughs> um, England is losing its mind. They don't rule the whole world anymore. Okay, that, that. Uh, thankfully that will never happen here. <laughs> well, speaking of England, speaking of not ruling the world anymore, the Crusades were some of the dumbest shit to ever happen in history. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, that's what this movie's about. It's specifically about the lead up to the Third Crusade. Uh. What's your take on the Crusades, Diego? <laughs> they were bad and stupid, and yeah. they're worth studying. Yeah, that's the thing. Where uh, Crusades, a uh, very explosive topic. <laughs> yeah, I guess to say um, a lot of a lot of opinions. Uh, you can hate the Crusades and not hate them enough. You know, it's mm-hmm. one. Of, it's kind of one of those. I don't. And we should say that also. Kingdom of Heaven is kind of considered one of the least historically accurate films ever made. Mm-hmm. So we're not really going to talk about the history of it, but we will talk about what this movie is trying to use the Crusades to say about the era it was made in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think not only are the Crusades like kind of a, a thorny subject, I guess, the era this was released was really soon after 9-11. It's 2005. This is the last year anyone liked George W. Bush. <laughs> like, and and that was I would be shocked if Ridley Scott was a fan of his yeah. after this I, movie, especially. I honestly can't make heads or tails of what Ridley Scott really believes. Because mm-hmm. um, honestly, like, not to get to, I like this movie. I, I like spoilers. I really like this movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really good historical epic. I think its ideas about religion um, and culture and war um, kind of boil down to those coexist bumper stickers you see on the backs of cars. Yeah. Like, I think that's about as deep as it really gets. I, I think that the inherent flaw is that at the end of the day, Ridley Scott, my, my fucking boy, my ultimate problematic fave, is still a, a problematic fave white guy Yeah, from a, a well-off background in England. So he, he's going to have some blinders. That being said... I do think this, like, for Hollywood, this is a pretty radical film. Like it the, is. the mere well, fact that, like, like the, like I, I, I don't even say like antagonists. Like the real antagonists are like Guy de Lusignan and stuff like that. And like uh, the everyone from from the Islamic side of this are treated with such like grace and respect yeah that like when i saw this because i i didn't never i never saw in theaters i saw the theatrical cut first 
even that version, which I think is still watchable, I think it's a bad reputation for being like dog shit. It's not. It's just very clearly not like a full movie. Um, I was like that. That was a huge like thing that I just didn't see at that point. You know, mm-hmm. it was like this and Lost that were like, no, don't be racist to people in the Middle East. Like they treated their characters like like human beings versus like mm-hmm. you know another problematic fave twenty four, which is like we have to stop the terrorists. From, oh, yeah, this is from peak. exploding a nuclear device in Los Angeles from the Middle East, and it's like that's not real. <laughs> this is peak Islam hates our freedom. You know, like mm-hmm. that's what it boiled down to. I also I think the portrayal of Muslims of this it is uh, positive to a fault, where the, all the Muslims seem kind of monolithic in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been interesting to kind of see uh, what you have to assume the dynamics that are happening. In, in Christian Jerusalem were also happening um, on the Muslim side, uh, but we don't really get an insight into their world as much, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, which I would have liked to have seen, but I, in 2005, it probably would have felt more difficult to do. Like, to even show, like, one Muslim guy who sucks, the whole audience would have just been like, yeah, fucking fuck them! Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we forget how fucking vitriolic this country was like it's bad now and it was so much worse back then like um yeah it's kind of nuts to do a movie like this that is basically saying that uh the crusades were wrong were driven by greed um were not at all the holy war they were claimed to be and that uh not so subtly that we are doing the exact same thing nowadays Mm -hmm. um which it's pretty nuts Pretty yeah. Nice. Um, uh, so I really like this movie when I saw the yeah. theatrical cut. Still, I, I've I've always been a fan. When I saw the director's cut, it it felt like a revelation. I, I think this is one of really Scott's like top five best films mm-hmm. in its director's cut form, which is the version everyone should watch. By the way, yeah, you, there's no point watching. The th- I only saw the theatrical cut once, and it left like no impact on me. And then like later in my life, when I was reading like best director's cuts of movies. Like fucking half of Ridley Scott's filmography is on there. Yeah, yeah, and, he, he's the director cut king, you know. And uh, I watched Kingdom of Heaven. That's when I was like, oh, this is really good. And I've, and I we have to say this movie totally lives in the shadow of Gladiator, um, Ridley Scott's two thousand film, which mm-hmm. uh, won Best Picture and very specifically came out in the year two thousand, the year before nine eleven, like. You couldn't have made Gladiator the year after 9-11. Yeah, yeah. That was like the last gasp. And that is a movie I am not a fan of. Uh, there, are, It's fine. There are moments that are really good, but I mostly find it kind of boring. <laughs> and a little fawning and a little like too much like... Oh, I, I kind of don't like movies about Rome. Okay. <laughs> to be perfectly honest. All right. Because right. um, they're all the same fucking story. And everyone just watches and goes, see, we're Rome today. <laughs> and it's like, yes and no. <laughs> like, like, and like, also, like the ultimate, the through line in all of it is like, congrats, you, you finally realize that uh, capital and power are bad. <laughs> like, yeah. that's like we we can do other stuff with that. Well, also, I, and I do like Gladiator, but I'll let you finish. The Achilles' heel of like any Roman epic is that because it has to be like like full of machismo and like action, the hero has to be a soldier of some kind. Mm-hmm. And 
the soldier is like indicative of everything wrong with the Roman Empire, which is that their military power, they just overstretch themselves and their entire economy became built around feeding their military machine, you know? And, uh... Hey, well, now that you mention it... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and uh, you know, it's weird when people go like, any movie about Rome is about the death of democracy and any story about the death of democracy is about whatever frightful thing we're having about America at the moment, you know? Um, and they never make that point clear that, like, no, it's it was war that was the problem with Rome. Instead, it's just like, oh, corrupt senators were the problem. And it's like, yeah, but how'd they get corrupt, motherfucker? Like, who elected a motherfucker? Like, <laughs> it's, we never dig deeper than that. Because guess, guess what? Everyone thinks politicians are corrupt. There isn't a person out there who thinks politicians are good. There's a person who thinks a politician is good, but there is no one that thinks politicians are good. So you make a movie about Rome, about corrupt politicians, everyone agrees on it, and your movie ultimately ends up not really saying anything. Whereas a movie that says uh, the Catholic Church is corrupt... And the stuff that made modern England is actually evil. Um, that's a little more daring. Yeah, yeah. Like, in the day, it still is, like, I really got telling a, a, a story from his point of view, which is a, a white guy. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, again, I, I, I was really just, like, it was kind of a shock to the system in a good way um, to, to encounter a story like this at, a, at an age when I was not really receiving that stuff <laughs> from, from my media, you know? Like, I, it wasn't the thing that, like, I wasn't, like, racist before, and it was like, wow, I need to stop being racist. But it was just, you know you know what I'm saying? Like, it was it, shocking to experience it, like, on film and not, like, in real life. Did it, did it change your perspective um, on the world, at least? On, on the world? <laughs> yeah. A little bit, I, I guess. I mean, I mean, nothing wrong with a movie doing that. I've had that multiple yeah, times yeah. in my life. Like, you know, we'll get yeah. into that with some of the like, later Like, I wasn't, like, a pro-war guy. Like, like thankfully, I, I think my mom has, has always been pretty left-leaning. And so, like, I remember going to, like, uh, anti-war protests around, like, mm-hmm. L.A. with her. Uh, and I believe we were even on the front page of my hometown's newspaper one time for one of the hey. protests. Pinkos fight George W. Bush <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and our good soldiers overseas. <laughs> A little picture of you. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I was not raised in a uh, like anti-war household, although I've always been anti-war. I think I've talked about that on the show. Uh, I was raised in a house where, unprompted, my father sat me down one day and just said, look, the Catholic Church is responsible for more death and suffering on this planet than any other organization. And then went on with this day. <laughs> and then... And, uh, and we're Catholic. We were raised Catholic. It wasn't like he was telling me not to be Catholic. <laughs> but uh, he felt the need to make that point early. <laughs> and I found out that his father, who was a history teacher, also made a similar point to him when he was a child. So um, I know what to do when I have a kid now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that that's kind of a... This movie might be essential in my, my growth of of my relationship to religion, mm-hmm. which is that you know faith is like ultimately a beautiful thing, but I, I am not a fan of the Catholic Church, yeah, <laughs> at all. Um, and, and this film is ultimately like kind of trying to explore like 
the, Balian is uh, played by Orlando Bloom. He's kind of like our our Luke Skywalker through the situation. Mm-hmm. Now you could argue whether or not this movie needs a character like that, um, but I think it kind of streamlines like all the the various conflicts and and locations uh, that the film is exploring. Very much so. Yeah, yeah. And, and we kind of yeah. we get these these glimpses of of conflicts and power. Uh, uh, and faith and how those things col- like collide, how they how they reach a boiling point, and um, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings came out uh, a couple years before this too, and you know, each one of those movies is like notorious for like the action and the battle sequences too. So naturally, you probably would want to cast someone like Orlando Bloom, yes. and this film ends in in a, in a big siege battle kind of way too. But again, it's not like. I think this is where the movie might might stumble a little bit, even though it's it's very impressive technically. It also doesn't like demonize anyone except for the people that kind of instigated the fight itself. You know, heroes on both sides. Yeah, a, a, a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, no, it's it's I, like I, I don't know if I. It's not really like neoliberal, but it's close. It's kind of that, like it, I said. It it's gets, the yeah. It's yeah. the coexist bumper sticker. Mm-hmm. It's like, why can't we all just get along? Which it's like, yeah, we've been saying that for a while now. Mm-hmm. And it it doesn't really interrogate the mechanisms that like lead to war. Um, although this movie does a little bit better where like it, you know, there are moments where people go like, like uh, Jeremy Irons has a line and I did not write it down, unfortunately, where it was like, like I came here looking to like serve god but all i found was like all all that drives this it's not spiritual it's just greed Mm -hmm. like everyone fighting here is just is just raping and pillaging and it's no different than any other war and i mean that's really i think the good point it underlines is that we keep trying to think there's like a good war (laughs) like Mm -hmm. that yes vietnam was bad but this time we're gonna get vietnam right (laughs) like (laughs) Which is like the prevalent, uh, the prevalent American attitude, and uh, it's just not true. All war, war, to quote the Fallout franchise, <laughs> war never changes. It's always the same. It always results in the same carnage and destruction um, that we see. You know, in, in, in wars that are fought for a, quote, just cause and wars that are fought for an unjust cause. And we shouldn't act like, oh, you know, if with God and our size, this war will actually go well. Um, Have you seen the film uh, Merry Christmas or Joy You Noel? You know, yes, I have. Okay. Um, I recently yeah. watched that for the first time. It's, a ve- it's, it's the direction uh, isn't like outstanding. But mm-hmm. that, that film has a tagline uh, which reads, Without an enemy, there can be no war. And again, I, I just saw it recently for the first time, and I was like, I, I criticized the direction in like the first half. And for those that don't know, this is a film about the, uh, the Christmas Eve truce, which took place during World War I uh, between French Scots and the Germans. And I found it deeply moving, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, that is an event I did not learn about. As, as a child in history mm-hmm. and it's a film about how like you know at the end of the day these are just people caught up in a situation that they bought into at some point that they were fighting for a great cause and it's like no there, there are human beings all over the world and whatever people do to demonize them 
is is unequivocally disgusting and one of the most evil things we could do to each other on the planet. And yes. that that film again, not like not like an outstanding film, but it, it really moved me. And it ends on a very very cynical note mm-hmm. with um there's a priest character in the film who who joins the fight, not to fight but to to watch over his boys so to speak. And he ends up leaving the Catholic Church because the church uh was upset at him for for uh like not not basically not being like a nationalist dickhead mm-hmm. and he hears the the one of the the other priests kind of give a nationalist speech to to rile up uh, uh, uh troops being sent off to the front lines and he hears it and he takes off the cross and he leaves and that's that's the end of that character in that movie his, his faith is like broken in, in the institution. And the film does a very good job at blaming institutions rather than people. Like the, like the most beautiful scenes in the film are when they're all just like singing together uh, and, and dancing and like talking and sharing memories of, of their lives back home, realizing that they've crossed into certain territories during the conflict together. And it's like, wow, like look at what we can all like do. Like, look at how beautiful like our shared experiences are. Mm-hmm. There is no point in like continuing the war from that point onwards, but it yeah. did. And it was completely out of their control. The units were disbanded because they didn't want people to keep trying to do that because it's mm-hmm. not beneficial to to politicians and people in power and probably people who are making a lot of money off of the military yeah. equipment there. And I don't know, I just, I, I thought it was really shocking. Like, I, I watched Ridley. that for the first time recently, and I got a lot of uh, Kingdom of Heaven vibes. Although Ridley not, Scott would have made it, like, all-timer instead of yeah. uh, being a very that, Like you said, not a triumph of directing um, in any way, but I do remember that made this as a very good opening where they do the school children from different countries mm-hmm. that are just reciting, like, what they've been told about other nations. As like I remember that being like a really good like opening just to set up like here's how much all these European nations fucking hated each other yeah that and it was just so inbred in the culture and it's just like the same thing was happening you know I remember being in school in the early two thousands you know mm-hmm. like I remember weird attitudes and they weren't weird that like, you don't really realize they're weird until you get a little older then you're like hey wait a minute you know. Um, and like I said, it is like like you know, and this is the same year as uh, Spielberg's Munich as well. Oh fuck uh, yeah! <laughs> uh, another movie that kind of um, is it, another one that kind of ends on a note of like, why can't we all just get along? Mm-hmm. But also is like super critical of like Israel, which was nuts to do in two thousand. It's nuts to do today, and it was nuts to do in two thousand five. Yeah, um, uh, well, we will talk about that eventually on Happy Amblin. Um, but I have been listening to a lot of Tony Kushner interviews because that guy is just one of the most talented people working today. Talk about a team up! Like, I, I know, isn't that like, like just a fucking legendary? Who like, would have predicted that though? Like, I, I would. No idea. I never would have been like, you know, who Spielberg needs to get with yeah. Tony, <laughs> Tony Kushner, fucking angels in America. Let's go, motherfucker! Yeah. Like, um, I, I, we also have apparently Kathleen Kennedy to thank for that. Oh, that's hey, there you go. Yeah. So thank you, Kathleen Kennedy. So what you're saying is Tony Kushner should write a Star Wars film. That would be. The thing that breaks me in a good way. I would, I would lose my mind. I wouldn't know how to react. Um, but yeah, he, uh, I, I bring that up, and not just to gush over Tony Kushner's talent, but like 
Um, I think he was talking to like Mark Maron or someone, uh, another problematic fave. And he was saying like, you know, he, he, Tony Kushner obviously revered Spielberg as well. He's kind of like, you know, after Schindler's List, it's like kind of like, like a, a beacon of like, um, the, the Jewish people's artistry, I think he said, and was like, you know, like that, that puts him on a pedestal. So why do you want to tell the story about Munich? And he didn't want to demonize, um, the Palestinian people. And he, he wanted to make sure it was critical about the right things and not just like othering. And he, um, you know, you never know someone, but like the, the, what he was describing about before signing on to that project, I was like, he, he sounds like a good guy. He sounds like mm. his head's on right. And you yeah. don't always get that vibe from people in Hollywood. You don't. Um, all this, the, I guess Spielberg's just so weird. Like, we'll save it all for Happy Am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, sometimes you watch his film and you're like, Spielberg snuck in some like fucking radical shit into this movie and you're like where the fuck did this come from and then Spielberg like you see the movies he produces mm. and you see him give interviews and it's just like like do you even know the movie you made Steve <laughs> like <laughs> I mean he, like I, I, I just like, I gotta bring it up like his Lincoln has a scene in it where fucking Abraham Lincoln says to a former black slave <laughs> That he doesn't actually really care what happens <laughs> to black people. <laughs> and he's like, I just need to do this because if we don't solve this, it'll probably lead to another war. <laughs> it's like, we just have, I'm just, I'm literally just doing this for the country. Which is wild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, wow. <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, but hey, really Scott has never said something like that, in my opinion. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Um... He has just like like a week we opened with. He just said some goofy stuff, and unfortunately, some of that goofy stuff is very offensive. And yeah. He, he in some ways you are absolutely right. He's a doddering old fool. In other yeah. ways, he remains one of the greatest directors who's ever lived. Because well, it's weird that this is like a deeply this feels like a deeply empathetic film towards Muslims. Um, he still falls into traps of othering them from time to time because I mean the the movie is told from the perspective. Of white people, the majority of characters in this are white. Yes, and uh, um, really quick, I just got to say, also speaking of which, uh, I obviously am not well read on Middle Eastern politics of this era and of uh, uh, the separate face. So I believe I said Islam, uh, and I, I conflated that and and Muslims, and that's I, yeah, I, I don't think well, there's, that's there's, there's, so there's I probably already fucked up on that. It's complicated. We are not going to be able to pull that all apart i i did do as much research as i could in the weeks between recording <laughs> um which uh, believe it or not was not enough <laughs> um but uh yeah and just we're probably going to be about as historically accurate as the film is um but all i was saying is that really scott he falls back on othering a lot in his movies mm-hmm um, I think Black Hawk Down probably being the most notorious of it. Um, yeah. Which, which I, I also I, have to say, I mean, this I don't have to say it, but, you know, it's a really well-made movie, but boy, boy, mm. it was definitely made in 2001. <laughs> yes. And uh, it's so weird. It's like we're going from the guy who made Black Hawk Down to now the guy who made Kingdom of Heaven, you know? Mm-hmm. Like... Uh, and then, you know, and The Counselor all as well, in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, 
a movie that was uh, a prank <laughs> made by Cormac McCarthy and was also made on a bet to try and find a more ridiculous haircut for Javier Bardem <laughs> than No Country for Old Men. <laughs> <laughs> it was also a bet by Ridley Scott to see if he could make a movie where he kept the microphones as far away from his actors as humanly possible. <laughs> Can you believe Cameron Diaz doesn't want to act anymore? <laughs> I think she's real. I think that's her best performance. It kind of is, but like, if that's your best performance, it might make you reconsider some things. Aww. No, no, that's not even a dig at her performance. It's just the material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what she's put through in that movie. I saw that with my grandfather <laughs> in a theater. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that was a moment. <laughs> uh, I bet. Speaking that... of director Weasley Scott's <laughs> visual acumen, um, I think this is one of the best-looking movies ever made. And still, there are occasional like weird green screen clipping effects yeah. on uh, on some of the the single shots, which is unfortunate. But like, God, every, like when that's not happening, this is some of the best-looking stuff ever. It's uh, another Ridley and Scott I'm... collaboration with cinematographer John Matheson, who did. Gladiator, and I know you're not a fan, but like, well, would you agree I, I, it looks well? It looks good. Gladiator looks fantastic. Yeah, like it looks well. that's the reason to fucking watch Gladiator, you know. Um, but I'm not a fan of some of the uh, like slow mo and motion blurring they do on the action occasionally in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it works, other times it's a little weird. <laughs> uh, it's like in Hateful Eight when they slowed things down. <laughs> yeah. Which it's like, never let Tarantino do this ever again. Like, because it's silly. <laughs> but, uh, hey, you know, really Scott's always trying shit. Like, you gotta give him that. Mm-hmm. You gotta give him that. If nothing else. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, it's, it's just such a fucking good looking movie I, I've seen it compared to like uh, Akira Kurosawa and stuff like that Not, I don't, I don't know about that but it, it's pretty pretty fucking good looking and yeah. it we talked about it before but like the era of the that mid 2000s when blockbusters were really taking off and kind of becoming the dominant form of movies mm-hmm. um, this is when they still looked like movies and it, it's that's not a dig at anything other than like Ridley Scott even like in his truly like true misfires yeah, when does still make that a movie officially stop? When do, when does that end? I hate uh, to say it because I actually like this movie, um, but probably the Avengers. It pro- uh, it, but but like that's not a Marvel thing. That's that's a that's a that douchebag directors thing. Yeah, I just it, that's also the same year as Dark Knight Rises. Which say what you will about that movie, it looks like a movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't like Man of Steel, um, but I, I don't know. I don't think I don't think I would say it looks like a movie, but I'm sure some people would make that argument. Yeah, I, I would make that argument. I think it looks really of, good. Of, of course you would. Yeah, I mean, of, I, of, of I don't. Here, here's my, my, I guess my hot take. I do not prefer that look for a Superman movie. Really. But you don't I think I the think movie it's... that looks like a fucking funeral march should no. <laughs> be the look of a Superman movie. Um, Let's watch this movie about the tragedy of the BP oil spill. Oh wait, <laughs> Superman's here. <laughs> okay, I guess. No. <laughs> Interesting take. 
Um, it still looks better. Like, it's clearly a choice. You know it's, a movie it's, about it's, the Black Death really could have used <laughs> Superman? <laughs> it's, it's a creative choice and not, like, an accident, which is what I feel some movies are doing. Like, not, not to drag you know people what, involved with this movie, but, like, the, the 355 just came out, right? A movie no oh, one God. has thought about already. <laughs> Simon Kinberg can clearly, like, like, I'm sure the movie's actually fine, because I, I think people just kind of get harsher when it's, like, women films that fail. Really? But Simon Kinberg <laughs> has to be, like, a front runner for, like, the new worst director, because that oh. dude just cannot establish a look, um, a scene, What's anything. nuts is he can't even establish a look that you can put in the trailer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, even that new Kingsman movie... <laughs> found stuff to put in the trailer. Yeah. Whereas, like, the 355, I forget that movie exists until you bring it up. Most people do. Um, and Dark Phoenix was similar, where that was a fucking X-Men movie. Yeah. And there was, like, nothing about it that stuck with you. And I, my favorite part of Dark Phoenix is the third act where you can clearly tell someone else was brought in to recut and redirect the action. I still haven't seen it. Uh, it's not good... But, like, I don't know. It's it's, like, it's good as, like, the, the Brian Singer ones, which is not an endorsement, mm-hmm. mind you. But I'm just like, I don't know. The other ones are bad, too. What the fuck are people talking about? Like, yeah, but, like, not, again, not an endorsement. But, like, X-Men 2 is, like, bad, but in, like, an early 2000s way that's kind of fun. <laughs> like, I, 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 the Wolverine scene is, like, iconic for a reason. Yeah. I guess you're right. There's a lot of fun stuff. I mean, even the scene when they just blow up a bunch of cop cars is fun because they really blow up cop cars. Like. Mm-hmm. There's good stuff. The Nightcrawler scene's fantastic. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. There's it's... good stuff in that X-Men movie. It's just such a shame that they were made by Brian Singer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what I realized, though, as we're talking what Man of Steel really looks like? Mm. It looks like fucking Spielberg's War of the Worlds. <laughs> like, I This is not an inherently bad thing, but again, it's not something I like with the Superman stuff. War of the Worlds still has, like, a color to it yeah like it's very it's got that bleach bypass thing and I think Man of Steel tried to find like this midway point where it had the bleach bypass look but also without the uh, the richness of like the warmer colors because mm-hmm. like every once in a while War of the Worlds kind of sprinkles that in I won't say if that's a good or a bad thing I'll hold off my thoughts on that movie for Happy Amblin for sure Man of Steel like genuinely does have like a desaturation problem the, yeah. the lighting and like the framing and the the lens choices, like all that stuff, makes it look like a real movie. And that that's well, Zack good. Snyder's uh, War of the Worlds would have been like, look at the red weed spreading everywhere, and it looks gray. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like I guess that's red if you kind of squint. Like, <laughs> uh, Kingdom of Heaven also does Kingdom have of that Heaven. problem. Yeah, Kingdom of Heaven looks fantastic. Let's talk about Kingdom of Heaven. Um. Oh my god, I have so many notes on the scenes that were cut from the theatrical. You know, I don't even remember what exactly had been cut because I've only watched the director's cut for like so long. Okay. I know that they removed uh, that Michael Sheen was like his half-brother. Michael Sheen was his half-brother. Nicholas Costerwaldo, who, uh, the Kingslayer from Game of Thrones. Great actor. Kind of looks like Game of Thrones is going to be his big thing, but whatever. It was a hit. Good for him. Um... That is his cousin in the in the official version of the film, the director's cut. In the theatrical mm. cut, I thought it was just a sheriff. So when I first saw the, the director's cut, I was like, whoa, 
whoa, <laughs> like, not only does he kill his half-brother, his uncle sends his son to kill him, his, his cousin, mm-hmm. and his father, Liam Neeson, kills his cousin. Yeah. Because in the, in the theatrical cut, Liam Neeson, before he, he strikes his head with the sword, still says, um, thank my brother for his love. And I was like, what? Is that like a thing Knight said? I don't know. That's kind of wild. Yeah, it's incredibly bizarre. And I was like, I what guess is, so. What is influencing Ridley Scott on his editing choices? Apparently like, this one was very like uh, hands-on post-production from Fox. And they were like, we really want you to like whittle this down from a film epic into like a spectacle like Lord of the Rings. And he was like, motherfuckers, it's, that's, what are you talking about? <laughs> the Lord of the Rings films were three hours, you idiots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and also like it's, those movies are so clearly more than spectacle that I'm still hearing criticism from like losers that they're long and boring. So yeah, get with the fucking program. Um, and, and so they they really just wanted him to to dwindle it down below three hours. I think they convinced him to take out a full forty five minutes of the film. It's nuts. Yeah, a yeah, lot it, of it. It really is like an Alien three level revelation. Mm-hmm. It says here, I think, is it is that right? Fifty minutes. It looks like Jesus fucking Christ. So yeah. almost an entire hour of the film was uh-huh. lost. Um, wow. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Um, oh, Sibylla's son is not in the theatrical cut at all. Yeah, which is another wild thing. Yeah, like, it's like that's... that is so essential. How would you like? Uh, I I don't understand. <laughs> mm-hmm. I genuinely cannot fathom being in that room and having to tell Ridley Scott, no, 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 you got to take out the the stuff that makes this movie interesting that, that makes this movie function as a movie yeah that that, that <laughs> makes the characters feel like characters because uh, the theatrical cut uh, again I, I don't think it's as bad as, as its reputation proceeds but the characters are very fucking thin yeah and and we're talking about someone like like Orlando Bloom's character is kind of I don't want to say passive but a lot of stuff happens at him in the movie <laughs> yes, yes you know and it makes him not a super engaging protagonist, at mm-hmm. least on the surface. And to remove even the very little that's there <laughs> is kind of wild. Yeah, yeah. It's um, It was an interesting curiosity for me that I obviously enjoyed it enough to get the director's cut. Like, I saw something there, and it was, it was such a, a pleasant surprise to discover the movie in its full form, I guess. Uh, which you can still get on VHS, by the way. The theatrical cut? Uh, I, I think the theatrical cut, yeah. I I have the theatrical cut on DVD somewhere. Um, it was released on DVD, uh, the theatrical cut. Um, I think I have an old blockbuster t- of copy of it. Yeah, and uh, this, this is a Fox release, like most of Ridley Scott's films, so... It's also on Hulu, although I don't know if the director's cut is is on Hulu. I did not see because I was I was kind of hoping I I I've been doing some like work in my basement lately where I keep all my DVDs and my DVDs are kind of blocked right now, mm-hmm. and I was hoping I wouldn't have to go get the DVD copy of Kingdom of Heaven to rewatch it, and I had to because it's the theatrical cut on Hulu. Mm, um, that sucks. So I had to like, eh, whatever. It took me like five minutes, but. You know, mm-hmm. oh, my life's so hard. I had to move boxes, Diego, to watch uh, a movie. <laughs> Ridley Scott also blamed um, himself for paying too much attention to the opinions of preview audiences for mm. the film. That does seem like something Ridley Scott like wouldn't listen to. <laughs> yeah, 
So, uh, you know, even even a king can miss once in a while. <laughs> Sorry. It just feels like it just feels like Ridley Scott. If they, like if he let the car fucking in and the counselor, like it just seems like he's a guy who is not interested in what the audience thinks. Yeah. Yeah. Um let's see what else. Uh, oh, okay. When Balian and and Gee fight at the end, right? And and Balian spares him. That's not in the movie. The last time you see Guy in the theatrical <laughs> cut is when he's being paraded on the donkey in front of the army. And so I guess the, my assumption for like a year was that he, he just killed off screen. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that, that sucks. Would have liked to have known for sure, but okay, I guess that's, that's just how they're going to feels like something to show the audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about the cast a little bit too because this is a surprisingly stacked cast. Yeah. Orlando Bloom. Eva Green, uh, a year before Casino Royale. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Irons, who we brought up earlier, who's fucking incredible in this. David Thewlis? Thewlis? Who I love seeing in basically everything. Yeah. Oh, that dude's so good. Um, Who gets decapitated in this? (laughs) Does he get decapitated? Is that what happened to him? Isn't that a pile of heads? I I thought it was just a pile of bodies. Oh, I I assumed it was a pile of heads. I can't remember. I watched the shit yesterday. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I assumed it was a pile of bodies. But, okay, um, I, I'm yeah, sure. gross. Either way, he's dead. <laughs> Either way, he's dead, and it sucks. boy, don't make it. Yeah, Brendan Gleeson, who's Brendan also Gleeson, a who is like, what is he doing in the prison cell? <laughs> in that one scene, he's he's, he's eating like, something, isn't he? No, he's like power jogging. <laughs> like he's doing like the weird. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like, guess he's trying to keep himself active. Yeah, because he's so ready to kill people. <laughs> yeah, he plays like a straight-up psychopath in this. Like a hell of a choice yeah. from Brendan Gleeson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martin Sokas, who has a weird career. That guy pops up in like a lot of stuff. but I... Hit films like Triple X and Aeon Flux. Oh, and uh, of course, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 as Dr. Oh my... Ashley Kafka. Oh my God. Do you know about that? I, yes. Yeah, <laughs> oh my okay. God. It's super weird because uh, Dr. Ashley Kafka is not only not a man in the comic book, and this isn't, that's whatever, comic book adaptations um, maybe don't rewrite uh, women to be men, but um, also uh, apparently a Jewish character, and they have him play Dr. Kafka in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 basically as like a neo-Nazi. <laughs> Like, the accent and everything. It's very intentional what they're going for. I don't know who decided that, but that was, like, jarring. Um, Why is Dr. Kafka even in that fucking movie? Uh, that version who? of Dr. Kafka works at Ravencroft. Why is Ravencroft in the movie? Oh, because uh, it's in the comics. Why? All right. <laughs> that's it. I, that's I, it. I, I already forget. Who was the trench coat guy supposed to be? <laughs> oh, that is uh that is Mr. Fears, the gentleman. But is it like was that gonna is there gonna be a different reveal there? No, it's just a guy. He's kind of like um the man in black from uh, uh X Files. <sighs> what a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> no, that's not a bad idea. It's just that the movie doesn't do anything with that. They're just like, ooh, no, it's that's a mystery. A ba- if it, <sighs> Those fuck movies, man. Yeah, sorry, that's not me. Fuck that's movies. not me defending it. Um, Michael Sheen, Liam Neeson, uh, Alexander Siddig, who is who, another guy who's just like kind of never gotten his big break over here. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he's but, popping up. He pops up in shit all the time. Oh, he pops up in tons of great shit. Uh, my beloved Skyline sequel, Skylines. Oh, I forgot um, he was fucking Doran Martell on Game of Thrones. I kind of what a his fucking ass. waste. Yeah, perfect casting. You know what though? He was Julian Bashir. Like he's set for life. Like yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's he's good. Yeah, everyone watch uh, uh, Deep Space Nine. It's really yeah. it's really great. Might be the best Star Trek series. They really don't make them like they used to. Aww. Has the new Star Trek gotten good yet? I I haven't been paying. Attention. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not paying attention either. Sorry, everyone. Could be good. Maybe yeah. the cartoons at least fun. Yeah, I mean that that looks fun. Um, it's so weird that there's just that cartoon Star Trek that looks like a Rick and Morty cartoon. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> well, there's another cartoon on Nickelodeon, too, that does not look like a Nick, uh, Rick and Morty yeah. cartoon. Another odd choice. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Star Trek for kids is, is cool. I mean, it, yes. it kind of all is for, for kids, but, like, it, you know, could work. Yeah. Hey. Uh, what do you think about Liam Neeson in this? Um, he's very Liam Neeson. <laughs> okay, I thought he was really good in this. He's good, but you passed over my favorite guy. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to. Spend. Kevin McKidd. Norton. Edward Norton. Oh, as, as that's the king. Fucking king right. Baldwin the fourth. <laughs> yep. Um. Oh, he's just sitting in his little little room, and got that mask. That's that's a that's a great character in the middle of all of this. Uh, I really like that character. Probably wouldn't have cast Edward Norton, a white man, to play him. Eh, what are you? What are you gonna do? Uh, Although, wait, was that was that guy not white? Here's how I don't know history. <laughs> oh, you know what? Let me check. I, I just assumed he he was not. Um, I thought he was. He's like an English. Baldwin the four. Oh, he's French. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um. He he just he was a leper. Yeah. Um. And he's like. Man, being a leper sucks. <laughs> and then he's like, "Hey, Orlando Bloom, guy I just met. Check out this battle plan of mine." <laughs> and Orlando Bloom's like, "That's not how I'd do it." And he's like, "How would you do it?" And he's like, "Well, do this obvious thing." <laughs> and he's like, "Hmm. Now that we did this obvious thing, the city would be protected." <laughs> Is that like intentional, though? I like have, I. I have no idea. Yeah, okay, because like... Well, here's the thing. Here's the other thing about this movie, and I don't know what the movie's going for, but, like, Orlando Bloom is kind of supposed to be Jesus in this. <laughs> like, he keeps doing things and running into stuff that makes him, like, a biblical prophet. Right? Basically. Without, without the text of that, what you there's, just said. But there's, like... There's a scene that where, like, you know, he, he, he goes, he gets his... He gets Liam Neeson's land, and he's like, you know what this land could really use? Some water. <laughs> and it's like, hmm, we never thought of that. Yeah. And then there's like a whole sequence. And it's fun. We're like, they're building irrigation and stuff like that. And uh, it's like, oh, everyone's happy. Now we can grow crops. And then Eva Green shows up, and then she's like, you know, near here is where uh, Jesus turned water into wine. Also, you turn this patch of dirt into into shit. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I did. And then there's that scene where he's just sitting, like throwing rocks at that bush, and the bush catches fire, and he's literally got a burning bush in front of him. And it's it's like he's the truly enlightened man. <laughs> 
Well, like, God does work in mysterious ways. All enlightened people let stuff happen to them. I guess. That's it. Just I go with know. the flow, man. That's why the dude is like a perfect character. <laughs> Kingdom of Heaven should be remade, but with the dude as with, well, uh, Bailey and Avibalin. The thing is, you have to have dude and Walter. Oh. Right? <laughs> you see what happens? Wal- Walter can be the, the last of his father's surviving night pals. Because all, all like, a lot of the characters that, that are introduced uh, with Liam Neeson get like immediately killed. And like, a pretty yeah. impressive action scene, frankly. Um, mm. Pretty brutal. But like, I think it's just like the one guy who makes it to the end. <laughs> Everyone else dies horribly. You see what happens, Godfrey? Um, <laughs> uh, I also like the, um, the 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 priest who who shows up in Jerusalem, or not not the priest? What is he? Um, like the father. Yeah, uh, and and when uh, they're about to surrender the city, and he's like. Ah, convert to Islam, repent later. <laughs> like, it's not like a comedic line. Like, it's a very revealing line that he's like, he has, like, his, his faith is really just about keeping himself, like, in, in charge. Yeah. And, yeah. um... The movie is not subtle about what it thinks about wars in the Middle East. Let's just say yes. that. And I love the line that, that Balian says immediately after. He's like, you've taught me a lot about religion, Father. <laughs> it's It's so, like, obvious but it's so good i guess because i mean we're, we're kind of uh, admitting that it's not a very radical film but it kind of ends up being radical because films of this nature that are that are openly uh critical of these institutions we find ourselves still surrounded by aren't really made <laughs> yeah when you look at the crop of other historic epics this is one of the more radical ones because historic ep you just can't really make a radical film that's also a historic war, uh, like epic war film, mm-hmm. because those cost a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, and even here we saw really Scott. Like even after Gladiator, like did not have uh, could didn't have like final cut. You know, like mm-hmm. clearly had to give in the pressure of Fox executives, and it's like that's ridiculous, <laughs> but that's what happens sometimes. And so if you it's nuts that a studio greenlit the film as is. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, like, I, you know, so you kind of have to take it with what it is. Now, if you don't want to take it as it is, that's totally fine, too. Mm-hmm. Um, although you find a lot of people very angry online that this movie doesn't uh, portray the Muslims negatively. No, fuck them. And it's like, oh, oh, but did you know? And that's where you realize, like, why fucking arguments about the Middle East are so stupid. Because, like, they're like, oh, but this film fails to reckon with just, like, five years before that, these Muslims did this awful thing. And then someone's like, yeah, but five years before that, the Christians did this. And it's like, yeah, but five years before that, the Muslims did that. And it just goes on and on like that forever. <laughs> and it's just like, motherfuckers, let's, let's pay attention to what's really happening here. Yeah. Which is that the Pope very clearly told people to take back the Holy City because he thought it would unite Europe. And it, it, it basically did. And also, uh, people will be like, hey, you know, the Crusades, they actually opened up the Muslim world to Europe. And, like, uh, this movie unfortunately leans into a little bit of that, where, like, we see uh, Europe as, like, this impoverished country, which it wasn't really at the time. But some people argue that the Crusades were actually a good because it opened up uh, the, the West to the benefits of the Islamic Golden Age. Um, which isn't really true. Those things were happening 
long before the Crusades were happening because there was already pilgrimages going to the Holy City. And, when, and you know, in history, there are times when Muslims ruled Jerusalem and Jerusalem was fairly open to Christians coming in. Now, there are times when Muslims ruled where they were not so open. There were times where Christians ruled where they were very open and there were times where Christians ruled and they weren't open, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's all over the map. Um, but a lot of the benefits people kind of give the Crusades was stuff that kind of already happened. The strongest one, I guess you could make, is that uh, it united the various European countries, but at the same time, it also led to the... It, they led to the fall of the Byzantine Empire. Um, you know, Constantinople is eventually sacked by the Ottoman Empire, um, which, uh, because, you know, it war weakens nations, you know, it doesn't actually make them grow stronger. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can get a nation behind something, but ultimately it will make, uh, it will test uh, the limits of your resources, um, which is why war is mostly a bad thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and... Uh- you know, it, it, also the other thing about the Crusades is that it is some historians argue that the Crusades is kind of like the first example of U- European colonialism, uh, especially with later Crusades after this, where the focus kind of entirely shifts to uh, North Africa as opposed to the Holy Cities, which, uh, you know, kind of a dry run for what eventually will happen to Africa, which is, is a real shame. Um, I don't know how far you can really go with that. I think like most of history, it's complex and there's a lot of uh, a lot of truth on all sides and a lot of also bullshit that fits people's narratives. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Uh, but it makes the Crusades very interesting to study. But any any reading of the Crusades, it's going to tell you more about the people and nation writing them than it's ever really going to tell you about the Crusades. Which is why I think the Kingdom of Heaven fits because it really does reflect the era it was made in. And it's why it was kind of the perfect idea to make a crusade film like this, um, which is very much about the Iraq war. I mean, this is just straight up an Iraq war movie, mm-hmm. um, which is fast, which is what makes it fascinating to me. Uh, I also want to shout out the actor that plays uh, Salah Hadin, uh, Ghassan mm-hmm. Masood, who was also in Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, he plays a character named Amon the Corsair. I, I don't recall that specific character. He's not one of the like pirates that show up and just stand around. He, he, he might be. Um, and he was remember also when they're like, remember in fucking Pirates Three, where they're like, we're getting all the pirates from all around the world for this our final battle, and then the two ships just fight. <laughs> yeah, like I love that movie, but that is something that always bothered me. Um, Ridley Scott's uh, Exodus. He is also in that, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, he also turned down a role in, in Syriana. Do you remember that movie? I do remember Syriana. Yeah, because he was like, I, I feel like this is going to be like anti-Arab. And I, I, I don't remember that movie. <laughs> but um, If I remember correctly, I think that's one of those movies that thinks it isn't anti-Arab, but it might be. Like, okay. It's one okay. of those yeah. type... Yeah, um, yeah. But I haven't. I saw that like once, right. and uh, it was like deeply depressing. And I'm like, I don't need to revisit this. Okay. Uh, he was also um, in All the Money in the World as a as a sheik. So he's he's oh, got he's got a working relationship with with Ridley Scott, and apparently he's also a filmmaker um, in in uh, his home of uh, Damascus, Syria. So okay, right on, man. Yeah, he, I I think he's he's excellent. In this movie, and uh, a lot of his lines really, really stick with me, especially like the last ones 
where um, him and Balian are are uh, discussing the when when they're giving up the city of uh, Jerusalem. Then That's they're, all. They're making a truce. They're making a truce. There you okay. go. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I, I that dude had a had a hell of a performance, and I'd like to see him in more stuff because he's still he's still going for it. Yeah, he's still you good. Know? They yeah. don't cast him as like historic figures or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Sure don't he... don't pigeonhole him in, into to roles like like from historical epics or anything like that. Get, just give him stuff to do. He's good. It's a good movie. I yeah. don't know if we need to go like super in on it. Like, no, no. Took, but yeah, it's it, it's it's. A... I took like ten pages of notes, but like I don't know if I need to really go into it. Yeah, no. I, I think we we've, we've touched on what we really like about it and and why it's. Uh... Still one of the better Ridley Scott movies you could check out. Yeah. Does Ridley Scott now, you're the Ridley Scott stan. Yeah. The two yeah. of us. Does Ridley Scott have more good movies under his belt than bad movies? I always have to kind of double check. I can't really say because I there's like huge gaps of his that I haven't seen. Um, I would say... His 90s run's kind of rough. His 90s run's rough. His late 80s isn't great. Oh, you don't um, like Black Rain? You know, I have not uh, watched Black Rain. Okay. So. I was definitely um, of the era. When I'm not a giant fan of Legend. Okay. I, I like the vibe of Legend. I don't really care. Legend is a great vibe, but is not like a good movie. Yeah. Like. I'm uh, I'm not I'm not crazy about it, but like I I will go to bat for it because of that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Kingdom of Heaven's not a great vibe movie, but it's just a great movie in general. So yeah. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I am the idiot that went to bat for his Hannibal movie. I I know. <laughs> Which, I know. Uh, is, I you know. Yeah. You know what I I will say because of his recent output, especially Ridley Scott is is good. He's got I more guess, good. Yeah. Uh, I did not care for all the money in the world. Okay, I like that. Um, as much as I would like all the money in the world, I did not care for it. Okay. Um, the Martian did not hold up on rewatch. Okay, I, I think it's a solid uh, movie. It's fine, but like, there's uh, there's stuff in it that I'm like, if I keep watching this, it's gonna bug me. <laughs> like, um, Exodus is trash. Yeah, Counselor is uh, great. Prometheus Counselor's is great. great. Robin Hood too- is just fucking. Boring. Oh, it's so boring. I know, I know. It's so boring. It's like, how did that happen? I know. Body um, of Lies, I don't even remember. American Gangster, I think, kind of underrated. American Gangster's pretty solid. That's another one where it's like the director's cut is like so much better than the theatrical cut. Mm-hmm. You know what? I've never seen a good year. Yeah, no one has. Ha <laughs> ha. No one has seen a good year. See, it could be a joke about the movie or the fact that life sucks. Ah! <laughs> uh, Matchstick Men. <laughs> you remember Matchstick Men? No, I have never seen Matchstick Men. Okay, okay. It's Nicolas Cage. I should watch it. Yeah, yeah. Like... Another one I think is pretty good. Black Hawk uh, Down, which is like really well directed in all the wrong ways. <laughs> yeah, that's one where I just feel like I probably shouldn't watch it. Yeah, I think the window's closed on that one. Hannibal, which is your favorite film. <laughs> Gladiator, which I like. G.I. Jane. Um, uh, G.I. Jane. Which I saw like on HBO never, when I was really young and I don't I don't remember it. Never seen. White Squall, never seen. Um, I think I saw half of the Columbus movie he did. Hmm. Um, and then 
Yeah, Thelma and Louise is like all right. Oh, I love Thelma and Louise. Uh, yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's good. It's never. I, some people really love that movie. It's never done that for me. Okay, okay. Uh, Black Rain. Also, I, I, I gotta say, is, is as good. like I'm not trying to like steal uh, this guy his thunder, but I. Roger Ebert was like 100% correct for like he was so annoyed with the last shot of Thelma and Louise <laughs> and I, I am too so that's where Roger Ebert somewhere like going off on the last shot <laughs> it's so fucking funny what bothered him like to such a detrimental degree you know yeah <laughs> like every once in a while he'd just be like why do you care about this dude yeah well, I mean, that's why I've pitched we have to do North one of these days, mm. which is a which is a bad movie, but it's weird that like Siskel and Ebert they're like this movie made us feel unclean watching, <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, yeah, it's a bad movie, but really. <laughs> All right, and then someone to watch over me, which I haven't seen. Uh, Legend vibes, so thumbs up. Blade Runner, Alien, and the Duelists all mm-hmm. kind of slap. So, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, you're not. Yeah, Alien and Blade Runner is just like obviously ahead of the pack, but the Duelist I think f- is really good. It would suck to be that good that early, though. Yeah, right. Like, like, like here's the thing: people are making very strong arguments that like we're act- Spielberg's actually making the best films of his career right now. You know, mm-hmm. like that. No, it's not. It's not Indiana Jones. It's not Jaws. Like right now, Spielberg is making the best movies of his career. I don't think people would make that argument with Ridley Scott. No, even even like, I, the Ridley Scott stan, would definitely not. Like Alien and Blade like, Runner are just like untouchable films. Yeah. Like back to back, that's insane. Yeah. Like that's like fucking. It's like the first and second impact. Like we're all waiting for the third impact from Ridley Scott of just. When is he gonna fuck it? And you know, you, you, no one can. No one can ever make that many influential movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, except for Steven Spielberg. <laughs> but even then, Spielberg never really like. Those are two wildly different aesthetics, really, in Alien and Blade Runner. Like you can see the crossover, you know. Mm-hmm. But they're two wild. Like, they, like one is very like horror space horror and then the other is very cyberpunk you know yeah and it's like that's two genres that just got invented by one guy (laughs) so thank you Ridley Scott for yeah you know as much as I dunk on him like I can't deny like what he's done yeah um for the industry and it's good when he makes a movie like Kingdom of Heaven like it's so weird I wanted to be like you know I like his historic epics more than his science fiction these days but then it's like fucking robin hood and fucking <laughs> exodus and it's like i don't even know what i want from ridley scott anymore like uh but I, I like being in a world where ridley scott is around more than if he wasn't like if i have to put up with prometheus to get a kingdom of heaven i'm totally fine with it all right that's the attitude uh, i like to hear yeah you know it's 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 it, it is worth it at the end of the day yeah and next uh, up for him is Napoleon. Oh, is he really doing Napoleon? Yeah, he's doing Napoleon next. Jodie Comer was supposed to be in it, but I think she had um, uh, prior filming uh, arrangements, so she, mm. she had to drop out. Okay. Which is a bummer. Um, she, she's that, great. That's a bummer. She is good. I, would, I hope she is in more things. Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, is he going to do... Is he just doing 
a Napoleon movie, or is he doing the famous unmade uh, Stanley Kubrick Napoleon? I'm pretty which... sure it's just a Napoleon movie. Okay, because there there was talk recently that they were finally going to do the the Kubrick Napoleon as like a miniseries. I had heard that too. Let me see. His Napoleon's going to be called Kit Bag. Okay, so probably not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, perhaps it is a remake of the five-hour Abel Gantz version. Hey, now. <laughs> the only film in the history of the world to have a four-zero-zero uh, aspect ratio. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember. I've read about that. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I own it. I got the BBC edition of it. Um, I'm looking forward to spending five hours of my life watching it someday. Here it's a masterpiece. That feels like one I have to wait for, like some theater somewhere to show it before I'll actually watch it. Yeah, like, I, I, if I watch if I watch it at home I just won't get what it, the effect out of it, you know. Yeah, I guess uh when they when they had done this this upscale version from uh from the BBC back in like 2016 or whatever, they they were showing it in theaters like across the world. Yeah. And it's like, man, that would have been really cool to see. I know there was a window with it and I just like I think it was at uh what is it like the New York Film Center? Mm. film forum um and like i just couldn't like make it like i think i was still fucking and like dying in a hospital then so there was so much fucking shit that i was like about to do and then like nope i'm in the hospital (laughs) and now who's laughing now world (laughs) (laughs) now we're all in a hospital or something oh you have to wear a fucking mask sometimes Try having a fucking tube shoved up your nose so it stops bile from eating your digestive system. <laughs> you fuckers. <laughs> you know, that shit's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Motherfucking oh. weak bastards. <laughs> uh, all right. Don't I, you just want to less... run up and just smack people in no. the fucking face? I mean, sometimes, but not like normal people who are like living their lives. Just... Billions of people living out their lives. Yeah, but oblivious. <laughs> no, um, not those people. Oh, that was a pretty good. That was a pretty good Agent Smith, man. Oh, thank you. That was really good. I was like, holy shit, Diego found it. <laughs> All right, my, uh, my favorite line in the movie is when Bailey and asks Saladin what uh, Jerusalem is worth, and he turns around and says nothing, walks off, turns around again and says everything. That line always really stuck with me because it's like. You know, we're kind of poking fun at this movie being like, you know, let's all just get along, you know? Um, but I, I think that line's a little more indicative of the criticisms this movie has, where it's like, dude, it's literally just whatever you make of it. Like, 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 like the, the kingdom of God and, and like, people's hearts like... and minds. Like, it's all, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. It got me thinking about stuff like that uh, at an age where, those thoughts had never even crossed my brain. So mm-hmm. it'll always have a, a special place in my heart for that. It's really nice to see that it just gets more interesting as I get older. Thumbs up. I like uh, the epilogue note that says, nearly a thousand years later, peace in the kingdom of heaven still remains elusive. I don't know if you're, you're, you're poking fun at it or not. I, I don't know. I'm poking fun a little bit. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you probably like, don't need that. But It's a little funny to think that this movie's over three hours and then they still felt the need to underline this is about the current situation in the Middle East. <laughs> you, you know what? You, you jest, but considering some people don't understand the boys is critical of superhero narratives, 
I think that I think it's fine that it's there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's always going to be people that don't get it. I mean, there's people that draw pictures of Donald Trump dressed as Homelander, you know, mm-hmm. like which is wild. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's just bad. <laughs> like, All right, Kingdom of Heaven, five stars or five billion stars? Yes. All right, Matt. Thanks for joining me. Where can the people find you? I'm at Emperor OTN One. Hey. Um, well, they already know we're doing uh, Book of Henry next time. Mm-hmm. I guess you're trying to alternate it um, with positive and negative. So what are we doing next? <clears throat> Let me hear. <clears throat> Sorry, I just have to pull up the, the, the fucking notes. <laughs> I, I did not have that ready. I, I was going to just leave, leave it for Book of Henry. Mm-hmm. Well, because Book of Henry now unfortunately ends with a saying... Stay tuned for Kingdom of Heaven. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'll just record a little something. All right. Uh, Oh, here we go. Oh, Cloud Atlas. Oh, is that next? Next, yeah. All right. Uh, Unless... unless, Another three-hour movie dealing with complicated racial politics. Or or we talk about Tough Guys Don't Dance. Um... Oh man, let's do Tough Guys Don't Dance. Fuck okay, me. like I'm sorry. No, I'm it's, sorry. that's totally fine. I've never seen it. No idea what it's about. It's uh, not good. But, okay, um, it'll be interesting. Yeah, so, I, I I have no context for that movie besides you saying watch it. So okay, um, so what are we doing next time, Diego? We're watching Tough Guys Don't Dance. Hell yeah, the Norman Mailer, <laughs> um, kind of noir film. Made by the Canon Film Company. Oh, it's uh, a Canon film. Okay. Yes. In that era where Canon was like trying to be prestigious. Where like they were giving money to like John Cassavetes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a Canon film. It is on YouTube apparently. Which is where uh, Diego found it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you, can, you can literally just type in uh, Tough Guys Don't Dance full movie and you can find it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we, so. we, should, we should also reiterate... Um, that the only reason Matt is telling you that is because it is otherwise very difficult to track down. It's not true, although you can stream it through Amazon Prime with like a free subscription to some bullshit. One of those so. other streamers that they added because everyone needs a streaming company now? Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, you know, streaming is now just like cable was. Mm. Isn't it great? Mm-hmm. What a brave new world we live in. Delightful. Okay. A thousand, uh, a thousand years later, the king, peace of the kingdom of heaven. No. Elusive. <laughs> All right. And you can find me at the Diego Crespo. Check out the Waffle Press on Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and Patreon. We can get early access to the, the Book of Henry retrospective. Uh, listen for all of our hot takes on that film. Which oh, yeah. It's a shocking. lot of fun. I, I had a lot of fun with watching that movie. It made me feel better as a person. It didn't stick with me for days where I was constantly yelling at Diego over text messages that he subjected me to that film again. I'm, st- I'm, I'm definitely not still angry about it. We've been professionally unprofessional. I don't know. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> Fuck you. How will you do? Every day you will be a good man. What God desires is here and here. Give me a war. That is what I do. Ah! Defend Jerusalem. That is your oath. The king.
I offer you the world? You are a princess, and I am no lord. You have my love and my answer. For the strength to endure what is to come. 